Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for the 22nd Sunday after Trinity is from Micah, chapter 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to do kindness, and love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Please read along with me the catechal review, the fifth petition. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Our epistle is from... Philippians chapter 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in prayer, every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the death and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you, all the affection of, Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent, and so, you, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel for the 22nd Sunday of Trinity from Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him that owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, and he went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the gospel of our Lord. You'll find the bold confession of the Nicene Creed in the back cover of your hymnal. We confess our Christian faith together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. I would invite all of our kids to join me up here in front. Find a spot over here. Good morning. Good morning. Great to see you all this morning. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been playing with a toy and having a great time? Yes. And then somebody came up and took the toy away from you? No. No. Uh, let's, let's ask it this way. Has somebody that you know or love or maybe even somebody in your family been praying with a toy, playing with a toy and you went over and took it? No. I think we've probably all been there, right? We've been doing something, we like it, and somebody comes along and they just take the toy away from us. Or maybe we're doing something and our brother or sister pushes us down or trips us. Does that ever happen? I know uh, it happened in my family all the time. My sister and I, we always fought. Right, right. Now, when something happens like that, and it happens all the time, what should we do? We should ask. We should. Yep, we should ask to use it. What should we do? Yeah, we should ask for it back, something like that. When somebody hurts us, what should we say? Sorry. Right. That's what we're taught to do, right? Somebody hurts us or we do something wrong. We take a toy without asking. We should say, I'm sorry. That's right, but that's not enough. There's something else we should say. Do you know what it is? We should say. Yeah, we should ask him to give back, maybe. Let's, let's hold on for a second. In the gospel reading for today, there's two guys. One guy, he owed so much money he could never in his whole lifetime pay it back. It's like billions, gazillions of dollars. And he could never, he couldn't pay it back. And the king was going to have him thrown in jail. He didn't want to go to jail. Do you, would you want to go to jail? No, he didn't want to go to jail. So he said he pleaded with the king. He asked the king to have pity on him, which means, help me, have mercy on me. And you know what the king did? No. The king, the king said, okay, I'll forgive all that millions and gazillion dollars of debt. You're free. Go. Just like that. All this money, and it was gone, and he never had to pay it back. What a great thing. Wasn't that a great thing? The king was so merciful. So this guy, now that he's had all this debt forgiven, he goes out and he finds a guy that owes him just a, like 10 bucks. You know what he does? He grabs him. He starts to choke him. He says, pay what you owe. And then he has the guy thrown in jail. Oh my God. That's not very good, is it? No, that is... He is not... Giving forgiveness like he got forgiveness. That's the picture on the front of the bulletin. Do you see him yeah. Choke, choking the guy? Yeah. What do you suppose happened when the king found out what this guy did? He threw him in jail. He not only threw him in jail, he said, 
you wicked servant. You didn't do, I showed you mercy and you didn't do anything. You didn't show that mercy to others. And the guy had to go to jail for that, probably for the rest of his life. When somebody hurts us, or when we hurt somebody, we know, we are trained to say, I'm sorry, right? Because we've done what we shouldn't do. But there is something else that we need to add to that. We need to go a little bit farther, especially because of who we are. We not only say, I'm sorry, but please forgive me. Please forgive me. Let's try it. Let's say I'm choking him, and I... Oh, I realize I shouldn't do that. I'd say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let's try it again. Should I choke you again? Okay, here we go. Oh, I I shouldn't do that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You see, the two are always connected. Because like the man in the parable, look behind you. We have sinned and we have done such terrible things That without Jesus, we would certainly go to hell. We'd be separated from God forever. But you know what Jesus did. What did did he do for us? He He did. He baptized us. He died for our sins. Same thing. Yeah, he, he washed our sins away and he forgave us all of our debt and we're free. And because of that, the natural reaction for us is when somebody hurts us, what do we do? We say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You see, the two have to be connected. I'm sorry is good, but it's not enough. We always say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let's try one more time. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Great job. And then the person that was hurt, the other person responds by saying, sorry or you're forgiven. You see, we give forgiveness and we receive forgiveness. So let's practice one more time. I'm sorry, please forgive me, you're forgiven. That's right. That's how we act. That's how we love because we've been first loved and forgiven by Jesus. Well, will you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for forgiving us when we sin. Please forgive us and help us always to forgive others. In your name, amen. All right, thanks guys. Thanks for coming up here. In the name of Jesus, amen, we pray. Father of grace and mercy, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness that you have so lovingly and freely given to us. Strengthen us now in the preaching of your word that we would continue to forgive as you have forgiven us. All of this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. There's a word that's sometimes used in the church sometimes used by people we love as they look at us. It's a very powerful word. And when that word is used, it's usually used with a lot of emotion, driven by hurt, driven by betrayal, driven by a broken trust. When people use it, 
They're saying that the faith that you have just confessed is not consistent with the way that you're acting. You've probably heard the word. You hypocrite. And that's a strong word when people say it to us because they see our Christianity and they also recognize that we have not acted in the way that Christ has called us to act. It's a powerful word. The faith that we believe is not always consistent with how we act. We know through God's word, through his perfect law, what we are to do. And yet, just like St. Paul, we end up not doing the good that we want to do. Instead, we do the bad that we know we're not supposed to do. That is the perfect description of a hypocrite. It's the perfect description of a sinner. That's the perfect description of us, all of us, not doing what we have just confessed that we believe. Hypocrites, we use the term sinners, that's the one that we know, but they're the same. We are sinners needing a Savior for our hypocrisy. In the Gospel reading for today, you see Jesus telling the story of a hypocrite. A man owed a debt that he could not repay in ten lifetimes. He had made an oath. He had promised to repay. He did not do what he promised. Now the debt was too large. There was no way ever that he could repay this on his own. He couldn't get out of it. And he knew it. He knew the consequences for his actions debtor's prison for him and his family and everything that he had would be gone and the few dollars that the king would get for throwing him into prison would be such a minor amount compared to the millions and the billions that this man owed. The king that he owed the money to, he was done. Cut his losses, move on. The hypocrite fell to his knees. And he begged him, have pity on me, have mercy on me, he might have said. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. You can hear the desperate cry of this man, just give me more time. When in all reality he knew more time isn't going to make this any better. And what did the king do? He had pity on him. He had mercy on him. He did not throw this man into prison. He did not renegotiate and give him more time and restructure the loan so the man might be able to pay it back. The king went farther. Out of mercy, the king said, I forgive you. Your debt, all of it, done, gone, paid for. You are free from all of it. Can you imagine the freedom? You walk into the bank knowing that you have a debt you'll never be able to pay and foreclosure is at hand and the banker says, let's just write that one off. You're forgiven. You're free. Your debt is gone. What great joy knowing that all of that that was over us is free. Everything in bound and control this man was gone. He was free from the obligation completely. The servant who held all of this debt, he was a hypocrite, just like us. 
He knew the right thing to do. He had made promises that he couldn't keep and didn't keep. And he was a hypocrite. So far in this parable that Jesus tells, this man and us were the same. Hypocrites. We have confessed our Christian faith. We have promised our Lord we know his law and that we will will not do these things. And what do we do? We fall into those traps. We do the very things that God tells us not to do. We have a debt we can't pay. A debt of sin that we can never work off with our good works. And yet we gather as we did today. And we confess our sin before our loving, merciful Father. And he says to you, your debt is paid. All of it. You're forgiven. No more condemnation for you for your sin because Jesus, your Savior, has paid that for you. We beg for mercy in our confession. We sing the Kyrie this morning, Lord, have mercy. We freely receive that mercy from him just like the king forgave this man of all of his debt. Through the cross, through Jesus and all of his love and his work for you, all of us are forgiven totally for the sins that we have. Jesus' holiness is given to you, and all of your debt is taken away by him. Jesus died so that we can live. Jesus was imprisoned so that we could be free. We are free. You are forgiven. Your entire damning debt is wiped off the books. You're forgiven. There are no more freeing words in the world than those. You, dear child of God, are forgiven of all your sins. What happens next in this parable shows us the severity of what happens when one who has received mercy, when one who has received forgiveness, refuses to forgive. The first servant is forgiven all of that crushing debt. This first servant is forgiven everything, and when he finds his buddy who owes him a few thousand dollars, he grabs him, he chokes him, he says, pay the debt, and he has him thrown in jail. He is not merciful. He is not forgiving. He begins to hurt him, demands payment, and he demands the very punishment that was awaiting for him, and he was forgiven for You know what happens when the king hears this. This is what he says to that man. You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in his anger, the master had the man thrown in jail until he could pay all of his debt. And we know that he could never pay the debt. The state of the servant is now worse than a hypocrite. He's condemned. He's punished. He will be held accountable for the debt that he cannot pay. And he will die in prison. There are times in our family, right here in the family of Christ, when one hypocrite, one sinner, hurts another sinner. And when that happens, we often hear, you hypocrite, or I'm not coming to that church because it's full of hypocrites. And instead of seeking forgiveness and restoration, 
keeping our eyes on our Savior and what He's done for us, many seek revenge. They want to justify the pain and the hurt that they're feeling by making sure that the one who hurt them or the organization who hurt them feels pain also. They tear the other person down on social media. They leave the church because it's full of hypocrites and their focus is not on the mercy that they've received but on anger and hate. The mistakes that move hypocrisy, sinning, into damnation is this. When we take our eyes off of Jesus and what he has done for us, not as a whole, but individually. When we take our eyes off the Savior who has forgiven us this crushing debt of damnation, and now instead of focusing on what we've received and giving that, we focus on the hurt, the anger, on getting even, on repaying them for the hurt that they've caused me. Peter asked a question at the beginning as he's visiting with Jesus in this parable. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. And remember, Jesus is not telling the disciples, at 491 times, you get your turn back at them. He's not saying that at all. He's telling them to forgive others as you have been forgiven. He's reminding them that the fruit that grows in you through the faith God has given to you is a faith that receives Christ and lives in that forgiveness and always forgives others as we have been forgiven. The continued forgiveness that we give to others is a direct result of the forgiveness that we have received from Christ. To refuse to forgive someone is the beginning of your own damnation. To refuse to forgive is despising the word of God. Refusing to forgive because of the pain that someone has caused you, because of the violence that has been inflicted upon you, is to despise the suffering that Christ did for you on the cross for the very pain that you're suffering. And forgiveness that is despised is forgiveness that will be withdrawn. Right after Jesus taught his disciples to pray, giving them what we know as the Lord's Prayer, he said this to them and to us. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. Remember, dear saints, forgiveness is not transactional. I forgive and then Jesus will forgive. He forgave first. He has done this. And through that fruit of faith he's given to us, out of us flows an abundance of the forgiveness that Christ has forgiven us with that we also give to others. Forgiveness for the Christian is what gives us peace with God and the promises of eternal life with him. Withholding that same forgiveness from someone who has hurt you, is confessing that my pain is greater than the love that God has for me. When you refuse to forgive, you're standing in the place of God. For the Christian, forgiving others is not optional. We need to hear that again. 
for us, you and I, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, given the waters of baptism that give us faith, connect us to the cross of Christ and his forgiveness. As we have received that mercy, so also we give that naturally and freely to others. Forgiveness is the direct result of the forgiveness that we received. Yes, dear saints, you've heard it and you know it and it is true. The Christian church is full of hypocrites. Every one of us. Our confession of faith does not always line up with the actions that we have. But we don't continue on in that. We ask for mercy. We receive mercy. We are granted forgiveness for our sins. And we go on in faith, strengthening us so that we turn from our sin and give mercy as we have received mercy. It is through this life-changing forgiveness that we can forgive even when our emotions demand for retribution. It is through the forgiveness of Christ, and yes, it may take time, that we actually feel forgiven and we are able to forgive and leave the pain of the past behind us. It is through the forgiveness of Christ that we pray for our enemies every time. Because we, dear saints like them, have been forgiven a debt that we can never repay. Your damning debt of sin is gone. You're forgiven from all of it through Christ on the cross for you. Your damning, condemning debt of sin is gone. You are free. You are loved. You are forgiven by the sacrifices of Jesus. Dear saint, go live in that joy and in that freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you.